All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 192 of the DFO Rundown. I'm Jason Greger alongside Frank Saravalli as uh, we are now officially three weeks away from the NHL trade deadline. We had a big deal uh, yesterday. We'll get into all that. But first, Frank, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Uh, three weeks away from the trade deadline means that dry Jan's over, thankfully. And just because dry January is in the rearview mirror doesn't mean you can't keep the good times rolling. Join me and, and enjoy Athletic Brewing's award-winning lineup of craft non-alcoholic beers. Trust me, after going through 31 days of dry January, these brews do not lack anything. And more importantly, they don't come with a hangover. Use promo code FRANK20 for 20% off your first purchase at athleticbrewing.ca until February 28th. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all face-offs, fit for all time. So thank you to Athletic Brewing for presenting episode 192 of the DFO Rundown. And uh, we have a big trade, of course, uh, Tarasenko from the Blues to the uh, Rangers uh, alongside uh, Mikola, the defenseman. Uh, Sammy Blay goes back to uh, St. Louis. And then there's uh, the first round pick, which is the later of the, uh, the Dallas Ranger picks. And a third round, a fourth round that could become a third if the Rangers get to the uh, conference final. Uh, also, a skin of the young uh, def prospect defenseman. Uh, what do you make of the deal, first of all, for the Rangers? Okay, so I want to I want to hear your take first because I've heard, I've seen and read a lot on social media, and I think my view is different than everyone else. Okay, um, I, I look at this trade, and I think 
this becomes a big win for the Rangers if they find a way to re-sign uh, Tarasenko. Now, I looked at their cap situation. That's the problem. They don't they don't have a ton of expiring contracts um, this summer. And so. you also look at their playbook from last year. They traded for a whole slew of guys at the deadline and didn't re-sign any of them. Vitrano, Cop, yeah. um, Mott, Justin Braun. They went through four guys that they traded for last year and, and had no problem letting them walk. Yeah. The difference, I like, if you look historically, and, and I've talked to a lot of Russian players, a lot of them love playing in New York because of the Russian culture. And there's lots of food and there's lots of stuff that they relate to. And so I think that's... Who doesn't a, like playing in the garden, by the way? Yeah. Well, that's true, too. So I... I think, you know what, if, if it's just a pure rental and it's a, it's a, now they did have two firsts. So there's a team you can argue and say, Hey, we, um, you know, we, we recouped one of our first rounders. So basically you'd be saying that it was Lundquist uh, in mm. essence for Tarasenko and, and bless. But I don't mind the trade for, for them. And I, I don't really mind it for St. Louis. This is one where I think I can see positives on both sides. I think this is a clear win for the St. Louis blues. Okay. Like crystal clear. And look, if Vladimir Tarasenko goes on a tear in the playoffs and helps the Rangers get over the hump and all of a sudden they're playing for the Stanley Cup, then I, I will promptly reevaluate and, and allow for that caveat. First off, I don't think this changes the Rangers' fortunes in a meaningful way. Um, yes, they've got an incredible lineup that they can put together now, and particularly if you put Tarasenko opposite of Panarin and you've got Zibanejad in the middle, just on a pure archetype basis. Remember we talked about archetypes in the beginning of the year and building out your roster that way. If you can go elite distributor in Panarin and then a power forward in Zibanejad who can help get you pucks and a pure shooter in Tarasenko, I understand the appeal of it for certain. I think the Rangers' biggest problem though, and maybe they address this between now and the next three weeks, is they don't have a matchup line. They go skill, skill, kid line. And I think that's incredibly difficult to win in the playoffs without that. They don't have someone that can wear your opponent down. And yeah, they may have the puck a lot, but none of those skill lines are good defensively. And that's a huge problem for them, and it has been for the last couple years. So that is a significant hurdle that they haven't yet cleared, and I don't put them ahead of Carolina or Boston or Toronto uh, probably not the lightning either. So that's a significant asset spend. I know you have the extra first round pick, but if you really boil down the deal, it is Tarasenko for a first Sammy Blay and Hunter Skinner and the blues retain 50%. And that third, that fourth round pick that becomes a third, if the Rangers make the playoffs essentially is the part from Nico Mikola who um, I've done a deep dive on his game, and I think he's a six, seven, eight type defenseman. Yeah, he's the third pairing guy. Just gives him depth. I think they just feel he's a he was um, an, and if an he's upgrade just a, on Hayek. Yeah, and if he's a fit to play with Braden Schneider and gives him a steady partner, then that's a win. Yeah. Uh, but still, an expensive price to pay, I think, uh, for Mikola. From a Blues perspective, and I've gone through this. You know, yesterday was the day we were supposed to have Vladimir Tarasenko day on dailyfaceoff.com. And I went through all the comps of players of his same skill set and style that have been traded, especially with that type of cap hit in recent years. I know that he had a phenomenal year last year. This year, he hasn't been nearly the same player. And it's not all based on the hand injury because that's only somewhat recent. Before then, 
he really kind of had uh, waned a lot in and out of games, and his attention to detail was really quite low. Maybe going to New York gives him a shot in the arm, but trade comp wise, I think the the Ranger, uh, excuse me, the Blues were probably realistically looking at something like the Taylor Hall return, which is which was a second plus, and the fact that they got into the first round and got Sammy Blay back as a salary dump. Hunter Skinner is an ECHL player, so probably not much. I think they did well. I think they did really well. And I, I, I just have seen it all totally the, going the other way from a Ranger. Everyone's like, Chris Drury, massive W, and, and maybe that's the case. I just think St. Louis got out ahead of the market and was really smart. Yeah, I definitely don't view it as a major win. I, I see I see potential. To me, if Tarasenko resigns, that makes the deal a lot better, right? And then that's obviously the caveat that none of us know. If he walks, then you know it's it's a pretty big uh it's a pretty big so giveaway. It, the, those two things are going against each other though, if you think about it, because you've got Tarasenko who if he has a massive playoff run for you or a massive end of the season he's pricing himself out of your team. Yeah, but he doesn't have to be. See, the thing about re-signing there, Frank, is let's say Tarasenko's okay. He's not great. He helps out. He chips in. He does well. And I, I don't think Tarasenko, because this is a guy who's been on the market for a while, Frank. Do you think there's a significant market for him in free agency? It depends on the number. He's not yeah, like a, a, he's not a seven million dollar player right now. I would told I that's what I'd agree with you, right? So I think But um, but listen to what you just said. If he's just okay, so if he's just okay, why would the Rangers re-sign him? Well, because I think you look at the NHL from year to year, man. Guys, guys were going up and down. We're seeing guys having unreal years. I think the biggest mistake gym, GMs are doing now is a guy comes into free agency, has one good year. Well, now we're gonna pay him off that one good year. Right. Tarasenko had a down year. You to me, you want to look at three, four years. That's the average. And if Tarasenko, like New York's a great place to play. Lots of players love playing there, as, as you've mentioned, that he might take a little bit. The guy's made tons of money. So I, I don't know Tarasenko from a hole in the wall. Right. I've talked to him like, you know, in interviews. That's it. So I don't pretend to know him. But at his stage, does he does he value say, yeah, I can make a little bit more money in some other place, but I get to live in New York where not only is the team going to be competitive, I'm going to love my lifestyle. So I wonder how much that factors in. Probably some of it. Um, he also has a young family, and he's already banked by the end of the season oh, $62.5 million. Yeah, I would hope he's doing all right. So I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think this was really shrewd business by St. Louis. So what do you think is going to happen now with, let's stay in the blues, O'Reilly and Barbashev? Like, I think Ivan Barbashev would, would be a very good, like, is he not Arturi Lekkinen? No, he's not Arturi Lekkinen. Arturi Lekkinen is one of the smartest attention to detail players in the game. He's so diligent in his own end, he's vaguely sel selkie conversation worthy. That he's and he's he's a competitive bastard. No. Ivan Barbashev is not that. He's actually no. the opposite of that. You don't think uh, Barbashev's competitive? No. I think that would be the chief complaint if you were to inject truth serum in Craig Baruby and Doug Armstrong's veins. Yeah, They'd say they 
not competitive. They also said clean cost and they felt like his motor didn't run often enough and change the scenery. That hasn't been the case. So I'm not saying Barbashev isn't a good player. I'm just saying he's not Arturi Lekkinen and he's not close. Yeah. Well, I look he, at guys who Barkley Goudreau then like, I think he's somebody no, who's going to no, help with some not. energy. He, I, I don't think he's an energy, energy player. I think he's a scorer. Well, he's got, that's, he's got skill too, but he can play a heavy game is what I mean. Like he's obviously not going to run around and crush guys, but I don't, I, when I watch Barbashev, he doesn't ever seem to shy away. He's a big body. He can engage, get inside guys to use coach talk for a But second. it's not consistent. That's the yeah, problem. But, well, yeah, but, but we can say that about 70% of the NHLers. Probably, like. but yeah. he's really struggled this year. Is There's a lot of interest in Barbashev um, oh. because everyone sees what he was able to get to last year, 26 goals, 60 points, and they say, why not take a chance on that and see if a change of scenery for the rest of this year at that little risk, little cap hit. Um, there, it's going to be a pretty decent asset return, though, I think, for St. Louis. Given Second rounder? Um, I could see a world in which he reaches into the late first. Hmm. Yeah, possibly. Because of the yeah. cap hit. Yeah. And Especially yeah. if you're able to chop it down in half even further if you're St. Louis and retain. All right. Which, why wouldn't you if you're the Blues at that point? Yeah, so never... there's real interest in him. And I still don't have a great read on O'Reilly in the sense that there were some intriguing comments in the last 24 hours in which Doug Armstrong said, I've had a conversation with Ryan O'Reilly and he knows where he stands. And O'Reilly said, yeah, good conversation. I'm going to leave it with Doug. And they haven't said anything more. My understanding, at least as of five or six days ago, was that they were not close. And O'Reilly, I think, is a bit for like, so his, his number has decreased, obviously, uh, his yes. cap hit. Yeah. He, I think he's somewhere in the sixes. I think the big struggle is term. What, what kind of term do you give him? Yeah. And... I don't have any indication that the blues are re-signing him. I don't know what that conversation was. And there's, that's why he's still number two on our trade targets board, a fresh one up at dailyfaceoff.com. But I, I, I still think everyone gets moved in St. Louis that we were thinking by the end of it. Uh, quickly to uh, Chicago. Cause of course there's Taves, there's, there's Kane. Uh, the, the New York Rangers, a lot of people had them linked to Kane. How do you think that alters uh, you know, the, the cane sweepstakes and, and potentially that you reported a while back about, you know, the nagging hip. Yeah. I, I think the hip is, is actually what steered the Rangers away probably more than the cost or more than um, the, the cap hit. Like they could have, they yeah, could have I fit. the cap hit of you get a third party involved. It's not, it's not well, they could, they could have been really close depending on who they sent back the other way. Anyway, uh, they could have found a way to make it work potentially without a third party broker. So I, I think all things considered, like the acquisition cost from Tarasenko to Kane probably isn't all that different. Um, if anything, you might be able to make the case that it's lower. I, I don't think that's accurate, but I've seen people say that. Uh, so I think it's similar. And I think when you add all those things up, the Rangers felt that Tarasenko was a, a better fit for them and their, their stylistic play. 
And I think the guy that they were more interested in than Kane, I know, was Timo Meyer. No, they had dude. gone through a whole slew of wingers of, of all these guys that they're going to try and fit there. Timo Meyer was their top choice. I think they did a deep dive on James Van Riemsdyk, uh, who grew up a Ranger fan and will have a pretty cheap acquisition cost in, uh, from the Flyers relative. And they just felt like whatever the ask was for Meyer was well north of Tarasenko, and they thought this is a great checkdown option. Well, as it should be. I, I just said that if a team lands Timo Meyer, he is the best player. Like, it's funny. San Jose has the two best, most impactful players if you wanted to pay the acquisition cost. That's what's, you know, and that's how bad that organization might be if they have to trade both of them. But they're the best players available. Meyer, to me, right now, his age, what he does, power for. Most people around the league don't see him because the game started. 1045 Eastern time on weekdays in you know, San Jose, but man, Meyer is an absolute He's a, beast. He is a beast. That's the oh. best way to this. And that's why I loved him in New York. Cause he provides a heft on that lineup that you wouldn't be getting. And, you know, Tarasenko is a thicker guy and he does use his body well, but not anywhere near the way no. that Meyer does. Like the rumblings of him to New Jersey for a team that has a bunch of small skilled forwards. Even if you had to part with Jesper Bratt to get Timo Meyer, I would make that trade if I was New Jersey. Mm, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. No, oh, buddy. Meyer's a better player. Different stylistic player. He may be a better player, but I think you're. New Jersey has too much of the same thing right now. I don't think that wins in the playoffs. Yeah, but I don't think there's anything wrong with adding Meyer to the mix with those guys. Yeah, but how are you going to get it? Like, you got to give up something. You're not, it's, I don't, I, I, I'll say it. I've said it all along. The The return for Timo Meyer is less than what the return was for Alex to bring it. That was the first, second, and third. It's less than that. Really? Well, then if, it, if that's all the Sharks are getting, or that's all the teams are offering to the deadline, if I was the Sharks, I wouldn't deal them because I think you could get more uh, at the draft. Why would you get more at the draft? They, everyone knows you're not re-signing him. Becomes a rights deal. Yeah, it comes a rights deal, but look what you got to brink at. The, your chance of getting a higher first-round pick, there's other teams that would become more involved, right? Like, I think at the deadline, you're limiting their trade suitors. I would be floored if Timo Meyer is not traded. Yeah, well, I'd probably agree, but if that's all they're getting, oof, they... I'm uh, telling you that's all they're getting because it's... Think about the comparison. Debrinket's 24, so he's younger... He had one more year on his deal at six and something, six and a quarter, which is way more reasonable than what Meyer is at now yeah, on an expiring deal with a $10 million qualifying offer. To bring it, that was what, what limited his return was his $9 million qualifying offer. And they got the number seven overall pick plus a second and a third. He, they're automatically, even if they get first, second, and third, that means less. Yeah. To me, I look at Meyer, and if I'm the San Jose Sharks, and if you don't deal them at the deadline, you you come into the summer. Any team that's interested, you can negotiate with them. Because Meyer, I believe would, would he? I know the qualifying offers ten million is a great move by his agent, but would he sign for seven years with, with a team at a nine whatever cap it? I firmly believe he would. And I, him at nine million is a better value than Debrinkat at nine million. Well, Debrinkat's not going to be at nine million. He's going to be in the eights. That's the point of the qualifying offer. They always end up less than. But what it does is forces control back into the player's hand. And that's yeah. what he has over the Sharks is they're not going to sign him to a one-year $10 million deal. 
Why would they? No, probably not. Probably true, but man, he's really good as a and if they if all if they get less than the brink at, then that's that's just being bad asset management. I'll say that. It's that's what the market is. I it's I don't why would you knock them for hey, why would we pay more than what this guy just went for who's younger and had one year remaining on his deal and has basically been close to a point per game player for us? Yeah, but he's not a better player. Like I just I think Timo Meyer is gonna help you and does more things. Okay, well, guess what? Alex Debrinkit has hit 40 goals more times than Timo Meyer. By two. Yeah. Two 41 goal seasons prior to this year, Meyer's career high is 35. So you can knock him all you want, but he's younger, and I know he's a different player. The market is less than. So you would say straight up, you think DeBrincat, because even with 40 goals, do you think DeBrincat today is a better player than Timo Meyer? No, I don't. Because Timo Meyer. That's not what is, I'm saying, but that's yeah. not how it works. Because he is going to hit he is going to hit 40 goals this year. He's already got 30 and 53 games. Okay. Yeah. Like I like Meyer. I watch him a lot, man. I just I I, I agree. I'm not knocking the player. I love the player. I just told you I love the player. I'm just telling you what the market realities are. And that's yeah. all that matters because that's what GMs deal on. Well, as we've seen sometimes, Frank, the, all it takes is one guy to change the market. True. But how many teams are gonna spend those assets to then also have to re-sign him? You name me the teams that should be in on Meyer. Well, hey, the New Jersey Devils, I think. Are, I don't think there's a better fit. They're a competitive team. They got skill, but they don't have they, – they have too much of the same skill right now. Timo Meyer, Devils fans, would they should be, they'd be doing cartwheels if they got Timo Meyer. And I think the price point, if that's what it took to get him, I, I might even pay a little bit more because I think you would not regret it at all. What about Carolina? Hmm. They've got the Pacioretty money. Yeah. Well, to acquire him, yes. I don't know if they have the money to resign him, though. They're, you know, that organization doesn't really like to hand out the big tickets. So maybe you don't. Maybe that's the play. Like, I, you I just think trade him and then don't sign him? Well, trade him and then do what you just said with trade his rights. Yeah, yeah you could do that, too. Yeah. You recoup, I don't know, 20 cents, 30 cents on the dollar, but you just got to keep him for and a if whole you went to a cup. Run. Yeah, Carolina. Hey, Carolina to me. That's something that would be in their playbook. Well, here's the other team, though, Frank, for two players. Because this organization has proven time and again that they are not scared to take risks. They're not really scared to worry about the future. The Vegas Golden Knights. We talked about Patrick Kane. They've got the, the Mark Stone money likely going to be free there. That's $9.5 bucks. Um, I look at the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. I wouldn't be stunned if somehow they come in as, as a Timo Meyer guy and definitely not as a Patrick Kane guy. For sure. What do you make of those two? And what, what do you think about Vegas? Are they the, are they not the in the weeds team right now because of the LTR cap space they're going to gain here from Mark Stone? Well, they've all but basically said that Stone is not going to be back for the regular season. Yep. They, I believe the exact quote from Bruce Cassidy was, we hope to have him back sometime in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, baby. Are they, of course they're in the weeds, like, and of course they would spend big, and they're reeling right now. Not only have they not really played well, aside from thumping Minnesota, which we'll get to in a minute, they also had Logan Thompson go down with what appeared to be some kind of groin injury. It was a non-contact injury. Yikes. Yikes for a team that had already been struggling. 
Yeah, they hit goaltender, you know, James Reimer, maybe like, you know, maybe a massive Reimer and Meyer deal to Vegas, right? Because they're going to need, they're with, if if Thompson, I thought they might have been looking at a goalie before the injury, Frank, to be honest. I think now, you know, even if it's, if it's a groin for a goalie, do you want to go past the trade deadline and not give yourself some more goaltender insurance if you're Kelly McCrimmon? I don't think you can. No, I, I think you would have to. So I would say, just taking a peek at the numbers quickly, Reimer and Meyer can fit in together under Mark Stone's space without Vegas having to have San Jose eat anything. Yeah. Which actually is pretty important. I know that Meyer is on an expiring contract and so is Reimer, but that would, uh, if they, they can't afford to retain on either of those players because that would put them to three salary retained transactions, which is the limit. And then therefore they wouldn't be able to do anything on Carlson if they wanted to. Right. So like, that's one of those calculus things to keep in mind as you look at it. Um, I think Kane makes sense. I think Meyer makes sense. They can't take on anyone with term really is the point. Yeah. What about Carlson quickly? Like, man, he just continues to have people two months ago. Remember everybody for, Oh, he's going to slow down. They can't, can't, he's not slowing down. Do you think team, do you think there's any chance he gets dealt? I think it's small. I would say five to 10% chance. Yeah. But I do think there's interest. I just think if San Jose was more flexible and more willing to I not retain it's not even the retention it, it's the retention plus their ask of assets. 3 first round picks and we'll retain 18% like they're not even in the ballpark. Like yeah. they're not even in the 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 area code. If it's three first rounders, suck it up and retain 35 or 40%. It's not going to matter for your team. You're not going anywhere. Well, I don't think the percentage even matters. I think it's the point that you're actually retaining at all. Meaning like from San Jose's perspective, what do you care whether it's 2 million retained or whether it's 5 million retained, you shouldn't be anywhere near the cap as a rebuilding team. So what's the difference? I agree. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. So to me, bite the bullet. Who cares if you're going to get that many prospects? Cause they're, it's at some point they're going in a rebuild. If they're going to lose Timo Meyer, you might as well trade Carlson. Get and if you can get three first rounders, then you bite the bullet on it and just say, guess what? We got eight years of pain coming, and that's our plan. That sounds like the plan. It sounds like they've arrived at that point, but they're viewing it as we have a premier asset, and they do in Carlson, but not relative to his contract because he's still the highest paid defenseman in the league. Yeah. And well, that's he's why. that age and, and has that kind of term. Like if you got him down to a seven, let's say the Sharks retain four and a half, right? and he's a $7 million defenseman, that's an unreal contract, the way he's playing. Is it? Oh, I, you don't think so? Seven mil? For this year it is. My, so you, my issue with Carlson isn't this year or next year, it's the rest of the term. That's, that's, a, that's the problem. Like, I, I think you'd have to get him in the fives to feel comfortable about it. And you got to get 50% retained. Well, yeah, so 5.75. Yeah, that's the, that's the lowest you could get. 
That's, but that's what I'm, well, no, you could run it through a third party team. I don't know. It's going to cost you exorbitantly to have yeah. years of retained salary. Has, has there ever been a third party team when a guy has more term? Never once. Yeah. There's been, so that's why I don't think so. Four or six total retained salary transactions involving three teams, and none of them were anything other than rentals. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think there's any chance of a third party for Carlson. It would cost you way too much for the other team acquiring. But that's that's the only way I'd really be comfortable if I was in a manager's chair. I would take the risk at five seven five. But then what's the ask? But five seven five to seven, like it's like one point two five. Yeah, one point two five is like a player and a half on a really good team. Mm, yeah, I don't know, man. I think what Carlson's doing right now and like do the calculus since you, you live in Edmonton and you follow the Oilers really closely. How do they, how many players do they have that are in that range on their current roster? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, nine. They have nine making 1.25 or less on a 22 man roster. Yeah. So tell yeah, me that one point two five doesn't matter. Well, because they have a, they have a twelve and a, you know they got two guys making twenty one, and then they've got some dead cap space. But yeah, no, it's a valid point. But to to me, when if you could get an elite defenseman, then I'm not worrying about it too much. Especially if the if the max you're paying him is seven on your cap hit. When you look around the NHL, man, that, I don't know what that would put him at, but that doesn't even put him in the top twenty defensemen. I don't think as far as pay goes. Yeah, but it's not. I, again, my 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 concern is what does he look three and a half years from now? Do many GMs worry about that though? Really, Frank? How many I GMs? Think he, he, how many he GMs are going to be in their job in three and a half years though? Right? Okay, maybe I, I I would say that I'm overthinking it, but I think that's exactly how everyone else is thinking about it. Yeah, they might be. I think some are for sure. But so if that's the cost, three first round picks at eighteen percent. What is the cost at fifty? It goes up, not down. But if you're the Sharks, I agree with you. If you're the Sharks and and you trade Timo Meyer, you or you admit you're going into it, what, what how does if you if you're really going into a rebuild, then um if it's three first rounders and you suddenly have to eat more money, who cares about they got one of the richest owners ever. I don't see how he could be worried about money and, and cap space. And as you alluded to, they're if they're in a rebuild, they're not gonna need to be there anyway. So why should it matter? Eric Carlson was so bad the last three years. I don't know why it's not more concerning. Well, because he was hurt. He was hurt the last three years. Like how much? He had a pretty significant calf and elbow injury that he that he was playing through. And guys, when they, when they play through injuries, Frank, it, I think it illustrates to us how it can limit certain guys. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So he's, I think he's, you yeah. you look at Tarasenko now and the hand injury. 100%. Uh, you look at. Uh, another trade target, James Van Riemsdyk, and the fractured finger he has. I'll have a breakdown for him on Saturday and was watching some tape. His shooting percentage is down. Why is that? His high danger chances are not. He, he fractured his finger and had surgery and missed five weeks. Like, how could that not impact someone? 100%. Yeah. So, hey, quickly to the wild. They uh, they yeah. lost three games this week. The, the Nashville Predators are sitting back and being like, their, their playoff odds kept improving, even though they weren't playing, because the Wild lost three in a row. And uh, and now, you know, Nashville, Calgary, Minnesota, they all, you know, that, that would be the battle for right now for the for the final uh, uh, wild card spot. And I just, where what's your sense of Minnesota, man? Something's not right there. 
No, and I think their coach, I watched their game on Thursday night and watched Dean Everson's press conference afterwards, and he kept talking about individual mistakes, uh, mostly centered around improper pinches. And I think, obviously, there's been some of that from Goligoski, but there's been a lot of it from Matt Dumba this season. And I, I'm just... Like purely, I have no inside information, and I'm reading between the lines. I think, I I think Matt Dumba's now pretty close to heading for a trade. Like he, I think a lot of people thought he was heading that way. When you hear something like that, it almost makes you think that the team is thinking they're better off without him than with him. And if that is the case, like let's say they believe their playoff chances increase by trading him which some might say that's lunacy. If you really watch his game, he is so aggressive coming through the neutral zone that he loves to step up and try and lay guys out, and he misses as much as he hits. That I think there's a... I heard those comments, and I was like, ding, ding, ding. That, That brings it right back to that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they just like the the wild when it comes to them playing the competitive teams, Frank, they're getting, they're getting, they're getting destroyed. Like they crushed the bottom 11 teams, but they, they're like, I think it's now, well, I don't, overtime losses to me is still a loss. I know you get a point, but they are, they're like nine, 10 games under 500 one from wins to losses against the competitive teams. And I I think that's going to be their downfall. They're going to have to have a massive turnaround there down the stretch because they don't play a lot of the bad teams anymore. They played the majority of their games against the bottom 11. Okay, so I think if I'm if my math is correct, they have six even-strength goals in their last seven games. Uh, that's not good. They've only <laughs> scored on the power play for the most part. Yeah. They can't score. Yeah, and that's, well, and that's a collective confidence thing amongst your group. Right? I, well, I think that's a huge part of it is the confidence – it's there's something there they are looking at the standings every morning and cratering yeah like that loss to arizona coming out of the all-star break that was a tough oh. one for them and this whole week they, they lost three what is it three and four games and so it's it's not even though it's not even losing to arizona it's it's having a lead um you know going into the third period uh in the third period two to one lead and blowing it um and then losing convincingly at Dallas and back to back five to one shellacking by the Golden Knights. By the way, what do you make of the Golden Knights and the shade that they threw at Mark Andre Fleury? They, I don't know if you saw the tweet, but Fleury got pulled in the game and he smashes stick against the post. And they, the Golden Knights tweeted some other dude in net. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll say this though, Vegas is, I, I actually, I think Vegas might have one of the best social media teams. Like they always have like, even when they lose, like they kind of, they're self-deprecating. They've always got a little, not, not snark per se, but I think they got some wit and humor to it. So I, I don't know if I see that one as, as real bad shade. Some other guy in net, right? Basically you're saying everybody knows who Flurry is. They don't know who the other guy is. I don't think that's a shot at Flurry, is it? I don't know. I kind of felt like when I read it, I was like, oh, it seems like they're, making fun of the fact that he's out of the game. Oh, okay, man. The guy they traded. But here's the thing, Frank, that I want to mention going back to, to Minnesota. So you mentioned they just got pounded by Dallas and Vegas. Here's who they play next. Jersey, Florida, who's rolling, Colorado, Dallas, 
Nashville, L.A. All six at home, by the way. Yes. Like, if they can't make some hay there, they, they could be suddenly a seller at the deadline. I Well, I said, so Tyler asked me on Daily Faceoff Live the other day, which, which teams would be able to change their GM's mind? I said positively or negatively, the Wild and the Flames. To the point where both those teams, it's either abundantly clear that they should be adding or abundantly clear that they need to sell. Yeah. They're two of the only teams left when it comes to the deadline where you're like, well, what are they? Yeah. I think the Islanders have already made their move. Not really sure about Florida. And then Buffalo probably should be adding, but I don't know how aggressive they'll be. So like those, those are the only two kind of wild cards left. I think when it comes to the deadline, you mentioned Nashville. I still just, I don't see them as a, as a, authentic playoff caliber team. So they, I'm not saying they won't get in. I'm just saying, I think back to last year and yeah, I know UC Saros was injured and that changed the whole series, but it was a waste of eight days. And I think whoever Nashville would play if they get in is going to get throttled in the first round. But I don't see a team as dominant as last year's abs going to the playoffs right now in the West. Uh, It could be the abs again. Yeah, maybe if they get healthy, right? But right now, today, they're they're not like, especially look at Kale McCarr. We haven't even talked about that. Kale McCarr sitting out now for a bit after that uh, Jeff Carter hit, right? Like it's, that's that's tough. It's like, one thing after the other. This season yes. is like Murphy's Law for the Abs. Yeah, they can't stay healthy. So I'm I'm just thinking like if you're Winnipeg or you're like if you're Dallas, you're trying to do everything you can to avoid playing them in the first round. Oh, first place in the Central, 100%. I think that's going to be a dogfight. And those two teams, Frank, and you know what? Winnipeg's got some cap space here. We haven't heard much about the Jets. What do you, like, Could the Jets make a surprising big move here? I think they could just because they've got – they're sort of like Boston and that they've got some last dance vibes. Like it was like – it's kind of like if this team doesn't do anything, what, what do you do next? Do you go into another year with Wheeler and Shifley then in the last years of their deals, you know – how do you how do you view this if you're Winnipeg? And I, I just think they've been consistent enough this year to where they warrant an addition. I just don't know how big it's going to be. And, and not to mention Dubois already has on record as saying he's not signing long term. I know. So at, at worst is he signs a one year deal. Or at best, I should say. Yeah, I was gonna say at best. Yeah. What I mean, that's the thing is they like because they did sell off last year and got you know, got the extra Andrew, like they're in a, they're in a built uh, a position with their picks and stuff. Like they could, they made up for it last year. They, they could trade one for sure. Well, they could trade a first, but they don't have a second or a fourth or a sixth. I think they, like they got that fifth from the Rangers, but correct. They have an extra so, fifth, right? Yeah. So that's but still uh, like you, you, you picked extra last year in the first round. You, you can have another one. Yeah, that, no, that's fair is what you're saying. Yeah, you could, that could even it out. Right? Although a lot of people think the 23 first round pick might be a little bit more valuable, right? There's of always course. that factor. So we'll see. But maybe that increases what you can do on the return. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's valid. So I, the Jets are just a quiet team. I think they're pretty good. And, um, you know, with Colorado. A hard out is what they are. Yeah. And with Colorado, just they can't seem to get out of that injury funk, right? 
When they're healthy, they play great, but they just every now, oh, we're coming back now, Kale McCarr. And quickly, what did you think of the, did you think Carter did it on purpose? I actually didn't see the play. Oh, okay. Because honestly, I didn't think he was even looking at him. I, I thought it was, I, you know, Jeff Carter's never, you know, guy's been in the league. How many years has he been in the league? A hundred years. years. Yeah, like he, I've never really seen Jeff Carter, you know, do something he doesn't like have that. A, he doesn't have that bone in his body. And I watched the play again. I thought his head was turned to the left and his shoulder like clearly hit Makar. But I, I, I think it was just inadvertent contact. I didn't see that as a dirty play. Like it sucks for Colorado, no question. And if you wanted to call it penalty because you want to say it's a headshot, okay. But, you know, and I get that as fans are upset. It's obviously, the, you know, the, one of the most dynamic defensemen in the league. But then, I they get, get a, then they get absolutely stomped by the Lightning in a cup final rematch last night. Yeah. Um, well, and it's funny because the Lightning three days earlier got absolutely stomped by Florida. So, right. And then the, keep in mind, the Lightning, you see, they had a 3-1 lead against the Sharks and lost that game. So I think the, the Lightning were, were rather – John Cooper, he knows when to push his team's buttons. He's not afraid. Like, they've obviously won a lot. I think he knows. So, uh, yeah, Tampa Bay – um, I know. Well, we could ask Tyler. Uh, he loves gambling. That would have been the uh, the game if you were ever betting on no Makar and Tampa coming off two brutal losses. You're taking the lightning to bounce back. I just want to mention one quick thing before we go to break with Tyler. Um, I was unprompted was talking to a GM on Wednesday, and he said the team I would not want to face in the in the first round is the New York Islanders. Well, Sorokin, man. It's not just the goalie. He said they grind you. They're a hard team to play against, and they play defense well. He said, I I know they've had trouble scoring. He goes, if they get in, look out. So just write that down and store it in the back of your mind. Yeah, tough loss last night, though, to Vancouver by the Islanders. Oof. Yes. uh, Yeah, well, it was the Bo Horvat Bowl is – it's kind of nice to rip that Band-Aid off so quickly, isn't it? Get that out of the way against your former team. You can kind of a, you know, fully move on now. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And then Beauvillier comes back in. He's loving life, scores against his former team. Get and What turns out to be the game winner because Dobson did score late. So we'll see. We do welcome in Ty Uramchuk. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing good. It's a, it is a great sports weekend with the Super Bowl coming up, a waste management open as well. Hockey's like kind of back. NBA seems spicy right now. It's a good, sneaky good time on the sports calendar. It's not October, but it's good. Seems spicy. You, you see yeah. that, uh, yeah, that trade deadline, man, in the NBA. I know there's lots of hockey fans like, how can you get that? Well, it's just different because you can you can pay all your draft picks in the NBA for one guy because one player in the NBA can impact your team so much more than one player in the yeah. NHL. It's just, that's just a fact on minutes played and contribution. You, need, you basically need seven, maybe eight guys in the NBA, right? Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. The other thing too, is you can move out all those picks and then you can usually just recoup them in two years when you decide to pull the pin and rebuild everything. Right. Uh, but let's get into this week's edition of buyer's else brought to you by our friends at Montana's and their fantastic lineup of daily deals. You can check them out at montanas.ca Mondays are half price wings I've been a handful of times now and it's like a weekly appointment for me their wings are uh, very very good let's stick with the trade talk a little bit here the Rangers went out got their guy the Islanders went out and got their guy I'm gonna say the New Jersey Devils snag one of the top five on Frank Saravalli's trade targets board behead ahead of the deadline that would be one of Meyer O'Reilly Chikrin Kane or Taves Frank you buying or selling I will buy. I don't think it's anyone other than Meyer, though. 
Meyer or bust. They have as good a chance as anyone to get Meyer. Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure I see a team that's a better fit when you look at cap space and everything else and the team makeup. Yeah, Timo Meyer there. Uh, especially, you know, you just look at the, you know, you talk about that Ranger trade. Jack Hughes, I know he's only out a few weeks, but the Rangers and Devils, by the way, like they look like they're on a collision course to meet. What a first round matchup's that going to be? Like yeah, that should a be a great epic. rivalry matchup, yeah. man. I can't wait for that. Like I tweeted about it, and they had Devils and Jersey fans going back and forth already. I'm like, sign me up for that because I think that'll be a hell of a series. And uh, you know, if Hughes is out a few weeks and the Rangers suddenly get Tarasenko in, you win one or two games, and that might be the difference for home ice. So I wonder if if Jersey was thinking about making a trade if this speeds it up at all, like we're down to three weeks here. So it's not like, you know, one extra week's going to make or break it for them. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm buying all way all day long, but I'm with Frank Myers, the one that makes the most sense. Probably I would have to guess, you know, well, Ryan O'Reilly too, maybe afterwards, but I think Meyer more so. Yeah. Seems like everything's pointing in that direction. Uh, Eric Carlson, you guys talked about him a little bit earlier, looking to become the first defenseman in almost 30 years or right around 30 years to put up 100 points in a season. He will need 30 points in his last 29 games to do it. Buy or sell on Carlson hitting the 100-point mark this season, Jason. Well, he's, his points per game is already higher than that. So, yeah, I... Um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy on it. I think it's uh, – Yossi got to, what, 95, 96? 96. 96. So, um, you know, Carlson historically has been a better offensive guy. And it's funny because both of them do it on teams that uh, – although San Jose can score five on five. But, um, yeah, I think Carlson for sure is going to get it. I just think he's he's playing incredibly well. And that's going to be something that I think that's what the team, the group, rallies around. They don't have, they're not going to the playoffs. I got nothing else. I think that will be a rallying point for the team. Frank? I'm going to sell – Roman Yossi was on pace for it last year and fell short. He had a four-game run. I'm looking at his game log last year where he didn't have a single point, and that crushed his chances. Uh, He had 87 in his first 68 games last year, and then in his final 12 games, he played a total of 80. He, let's see, click the wrong button here. He feels like he feels like he's going to be close but short. Close but short, says Frank Saravalli. Uh, all right, third one I got for you: the Toronto Maple Leafs put goalie Matt Murray on the injured reserve again. Um, I know you guys talked about Vegas needing a goalie, but I'm going to say the Toronto Maple Leafs go out and get a third goalie for some insurance ahead of the deadline. Frank, you buying or selling? Ah. Uh... I think there could be a run on third goalies. Okay. I don't know. I don't I don't know that anyone that's out there for them is super exciting either. Mm. That's part of the problem, right? Yeah. But you just need so, insurance, right? I don't know. Is like is Joe Wall or Eric Shalgren are they that much worse than anything else you'd trade like if the acquisition cost is super low like i'd say sure but is anyone handing you a goalie for free maybe the one guy um because you acquire him and he wouldn't have to clear waivers and you could just keep him in the minors isn't a right now his cap hit that's the issue 
But because he's already, because if you acquire, let's say, a veteran goalie from somewhere else, I don't think Toronto wants to carry three goalies. So, you know, anybody who's of substance, I agree with Frank. Like, if, if you're just getting another team's number three goalie, what's, how does that make you really that much better? So, um, I, I think, you know, Nijelkovic, now his contract's the issue. But if you could get creative enough, Maybe that's something because when you acquire him, he's already American leaguer, so you could just keep him there, and then he's safe. You don't have to worry about him clearing waivers. Fair enough. Let's wrap up with our Points Bet Canada bonus question for the week: Super Bowl. Frank, you fired up? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, the Eagles come in as minus one twenty favorites against the Kansas City Chiefs, minus a point and a half as well. So I'm going to ask you guys who you got winning the big game, or maybe are you just like rolling with the over in this one, Jason? I'm taking I'm taking the Chiefs, but I'm I'm kind of a Chiefs fan, so that's uh, you know. That, oh my there's, God! There's no um, there's no. Uh, you know, my my son's a huge Chiefs fan. He's already got his Super Bowl party day plans. We got big nachos, and uh, he gets chocolate milk, which is a specialty. So while Dad has a drink, he has chocolate milk, which is pretty awesome. So he's already you know he uh, he didn't have school yesterday, so he's like, Mom, we got to go get all the nacho toppings and stuff now. So uh, he's fired does, up uh, that. like serious question does. Does chocolate milk come in a bag in Canada? No. Bag milk bag isn't even in an Alberta milk? thing. Yeah, bag milk's not here anymore. Uh, well, he's on the nation, but there's no <laughs> bag milk. I grew up as a kid with bag milk. That was money, man. I love it. Like, but seriously, though, in maybe in Ontario, like, does does bag milk also come in chocolate flavor? I don't recall chocolate milk ever in Alberta coming in a bag, though. I can't recall it. So um, that's a good question, but I don't, I don't think so. I've never, I don't recall ever seeing it as a kid in So Alberta. do you buy the chocolate milk or do you make it? Oh, no. Nah. Well, they can make it, but usually it only makes it better for hot chocolate because it doesn't, mm. it doesn't, um, I find it gets too, uh, it's sticky and stuff. So no, I, w- I go out and buy buddy. I'll just buy it in the bottle in like uh, either in the, uh, yeah. uh, I'll buy them like a, a 500 mil one. And the thing is, I love chocolate milk myself, man. Like every now and then when we go for breakfast, my wife's like, are you a kid? I'm like, yeah, I'm a kid. I'm having chocolate milk at breakfast when I go out. It's unbelievable. Bacon and eggs and chocolate milk, game changer. (laughs) I was actually going to ask you guys that. Do you still drink milk? I know that's a thing that not a lot of adults do, but the other day I had a glass of milk and I was like, this was actually probably the first time in like over a year I've done it too. And I was like, this is actually pretty good. Buddy, a glass of milk. I have milk. Quite often when I'm dipping cookies, I love cookies yes. and milk still. It's a game. Oh, love it. Oreo cookies or the, the mint girl guide cookies. I don't know. Do you have mint girl guide cookies in Philly, Frank? Do we have what? Mint girl guide cookies. Yeah, girl guide what? cookies. Is that, is girl guide like, it's like um, scouts? Well, they're like, girl yeah, scouts? it's like for, yeah, yeah. Girl scouts. There you yeah. Go. And so like, they're like thin mints covered in chocolate. Yeah. Kind of well, they're the, they got a crispy bottom uh, wafer, and then there's mint, and then they have the regular ones, which are chocolate and vanilla. You obviously don't have Girl Scout cookies because if I have to explain, no, it to we you, have Girl Scout cookies, but they're oh. not called Girl Guide, so that's yeah. what threw me off. Oh, they're called Girl Scout. Yeah, they're called Girl Scout cookies, and I have uh, yeah, like the thin mints. It's like a crispy minty flavor cookie, but it's all it's all covered in chocolate, and it's super thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're are they Same great thing. And that's what ours are. Yeah. Are they like, do you love them? Um, I'm not a big cookie or sweets guy. What? Yeah. You, you're a, you're a gummy candy guy. We've talked about this before. I, a gummy candy guy. But I also like, if we go to a restaurant, I would much prefer to have a liquid dessert than a mm. sweet or cake. Oh, okay. Hey, by the way, 
and uh, you're going to, you probably won't go there because you're in Phoenix. But when I was in Arizona last week, Phoenix went to the Suns game. It's great. The facility, you're going to love Super Bowl, by the way. But we went to Dominic's. Just want to give a shout out for Dominic's. No, they're not a sponsor. That was one of the best restaurants I've ever been to. And the dessert was like, I'm a dessert guy, dude. They had a, a key lime pie to die for. No. God, it was good. No. So Dominique's in Scottsdale. If you've never been, go there. Doesn't do anything for me. Frank, who you pick? You're rolling with your Eagles straight money line? Uh, I think the Eagles win by more than 10. Oh, Frank. Homer of the year. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. I, you can bet on it right now. I'd say Eagles winning margin north of 10. North Eagles. of 10? Yep. Oh, I'm trying to God. see. Pick your own line. What do you got here? Uh, Eagles minus. Our friends at Points Bet Canada will give you Eagles minus 9.5 at plus 260, Frank. So there you go. They're the book you need for all your Super Bowl action. For me, I am rolling with the two tight ends, and I'm hammering their props. Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard. I think Mahomes is banged up. He's going to be using his safety valve, Kelsey, like crazy. And I think Dallas Goddard can easily get five catches, which is what his line is set at. So hammer the tight ends is my betting advice. A.J. Brown over for his yardage against rookie uh, secondary all day. Yeah, that's good. The Eagles O-line and D-lines are going to run their show. And... Our friends at Points Bet Canada also have a bunch of really cool stuff set up for the Super Bowl, like their new lightning bets, where you can bet on like micro plays, everything that's happening. The result of the first drive, second drive, third drive, you can bet on the result of the first play of the first drive. 20 to 1 on that ball being turned over on the first play of the Super Bowl. Great stuff. Check out our friends at pointsbet.ca if you are in Ontario. And that's going to be a wrap on a new edition of Buy or Sell. We gave away a $50 gift card to Montana's on our Instagram and our Twitter throughout the week. Next week, I heard a little rumor. We might be doubling it. There might be $100 up for grabs next week on our socials. So make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram and follow Montana's Barbecue. That's big. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com weight loss that's plushcare.com weight loss plushcare.com weight loss Hey, I, I can't even tell you how juiced I am to get on a plane later today and go to Arizona. Did the you get tickets, any gear? Like, do you have I, a jersey? I, I Not a jersey. I'm not a jersey. I refuse to wear another man's jersey. I don't care who it is. Um, 
I did get like a, a hoodie and a zip up and whatnot. I got my kids all they're they're wearing jerseys at school today. Everyone is just Eagles everywhere. Oh, there was Eagles chance. I took my kids to the Flyers game last uh, Thursday night to see McDavid. Um, got to take your kids to see the greats yeah. when they roll through town. And um, I can't even tell you like these tickets that r- fell into our lap, man. I'm in the seventh row on the 40 yard line. What? Like, cannot awesome. even tell you how insanely lucky we are for this weekend, buddy. That's that's gonna be unreal. And you're getting Those tickets were going for twenty five cake. Yeah, and you got them for you got them given to you. Yes. Holy cow! That is awesome. Twenty five cake. Your dad Each. must be your dad must be a baller, a very quiet mover and shaker to have somebody gift him those two tickets, dude. Unbelievable! Like I cannot wait to go. You better be buying your dad everything on this weekend trip. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, I got him. I got him the plane tickets and hotel. We're all good. Oh, there you go. That's a pretty good trade off for you. Even you're like, yeah, I'm still way under a hundred percent. Like the, yeah. everything's expensive, as you might imagine, but still doing pretty good. So you're you're getting in fr- tonight, Friday night. Mm-hmm. Friday night and out the flights getting out, as you might imagine on Monday are absolutely bananas. So first thing on Tuesday morning. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, and that means I'll be talking to you guys on Monday from morning from Jeez. Phoenix after uh, my city takes home my second. Well, we'll, we'll get Frank. We'll record a little bit later just so you have more time to recuperate. It's yeah. I mean, I might be a little hoarse too, so we'll see. Hopefully, I can bring some. Well, buddy, that's going to be a once in a lifetime experience. Think about it. So uh, enjoy that with you and your father. What a moment that's going to be. That'll be awesome. So I look forward to uh, all the details. And uh, I, I hey, I, I just hope it's a good game. That's all I care about. I want it to be. Uh, obviously, I'm offensive minded, so I'd like to see some points. Agreed. I think I, I would take the over too. Yeah. I, yeah, I never bet under. I'll be honest. I can't do it. It's it's oh, over or good. nothing for me. So Yes, I'm totally But with in you. this I case, I, I feel pretty good about the over 51. Yeah. If I bet under, it's like I'm betting for a non-exciting game, and I just can't do that. So I never yep. do it. And that's okay. People do it. They probably win more. That's why I don't bet a lot, and I'm not a huge winner on it. But I don't bet the under. I don't like it. Last time Eagles in the Super Bowl, 41-33. I see it on bumper stickers all around town. It just says 41-33. <laughs> Everyone knows what it means. Awesome. Frank, have a good one. Enjoy the trip. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.